Welcome to Southpaws, episode 503, Real Men Fuck Dragons. I'm Saverin. I'm Fuzzwolf. I'm Shiva. And what the fuck is that title about? So, in our topic chat, Fuzz found a fun little image of somebody complaining about the lack of scantily clad women, or hot companions, in Baldur's Gate 3. You must put a hot knockout woman into the main game in order for it to sell well. I'm expecting a fine babe to be available in Act 2 if you expect my hard-earned 60. Thank you. And someone replied, you fucking coward. Disgraceful. This is a D&D game. D&D players don't want your incel busty fantasy women. We're real men. We fuck dragons. <laughs> <laughs> and that person had gotten banned from that Steam forum. Rest in peace. <laughs> oh. Which one? <clears throat> the Well, the Steam forum for the game. Baldur's Gate 3, which is set in Icewind Dale. No, no. Which one got banned? The one whiny or the one about real men fuck dragons? The man who said we fuck dragons. Aww. Yeah, a real yeah. martyr. But no, Baldur's Gate 3 is set in Icewind Dale... Which, you know, is not, in fact, Baldur's Gate, mm-hmm. but it features the Companions of the Hall from the uh, Are Salvatore series. So you've got Brunor and Wolfgar and Cadabry and Drizzt Dorden. Oh, one I of didn't which... know that any of that was based on the book series. Yeah, it's based on his book series. They're still very popular characters. Like, cool. they still get added into 5th edition stories. There is a whole ass adventure module called Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, hmm. which features the companions and like this totally heterosexual life partner characters named Beetle and Grimm, who are represented in the game that I play as like if doesn't matter, they count as two characters, you swap them in and out, but if one qualifies, they both are coming along on that adventure. <laughs> um and they own an inn together at Icewind Dale, and it's totally not gay, y'all. Might totally be gay. I don't know. I haven't read that module. But anyways, the game is set in Icewind Dale, and you're fighting in ice caverns and dealing with white dragons, and people are like, why aren't there scantily clad women in my game set in ice caves? It's cold, my dudes. Yes. And Caterbury looks like she could, in fact, kill you, and she's got like 16 strength, so she can break you in half. That's hot. Yep. She's one of those characters that got all the stats. She rolled well on her creation. Yeah. <laughs> then again, like, they only had four characters in the party, because Regis is only occasionally around, so they had to up the stat blocks. So. And he's always paired with Kathy Lee. Yeah. And then the... That's is that old... another duo that where they both come along regardless? <laughs> <laughs> well, Kathy Lee is just the, uh, the fan name for Guinevar black panther anyways that has been the uh, D nerding for the week are you I'm... sure i'm sure we can manage more well i mean we could talk briefly about how it's kind of a bummer that brian goldner the ceo of hasbro died mm. he uh, died of cancer this week after a very short period of having known he had cancer and he had been with hasbro for quite a while like since i think before and after Toys R Us died. But, like, I think he also was one of the people responsible for them picking up Wizards of the Coast as a printing, as a property, so that they could continue to make 4th and 5th edition and turn D&D into the global big deal it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like like we talked about last week, Critical Role, a D&D live stream, is, like, the single largest grossing thing on Twitch. And, like, they're far from the only D&D stream. Is Critical Role one of the ones with like famous people on, or is that yeah, somebody it's, it's else? famous people with voice actors. Got like Matt Mercer and like Will Wheaton's been I was on say, it. That's and... the one Will Wheaton was on, right? Yeah. 
So, like, it's it's famous voice actors and, you know, famously nerdy people mm-hmm. with money, and then they turned their D&D, which what started out as a, hey, we're famous voice actors, let's play D&D. They into, should totally get Henry Cavill on there. He's a famous geek. Witcher? Superman? Sure. Witcher? Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, is that the dude from uh, no, no. Person of Interest who's a psychopath? No, that's James Caviezel. Okay. Henry Cavill's no. the Witcher and the current Superman. Okay. And okay. The, yeah, he... I was like, wait a minute, no. And the giant geek. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure they could also yeah. get uh, Vin Diesel. Oh, yeah, Vin Diesel's. Because <laughs> he had the intro into, like, 4th edition, I think. He was in the oh, Player's cool. Guide. It's so funny, because, like, so after Pitch Black came out, they made uh, a second movie called The Chronicles of Riddick. They did a third one later, but Chronicles of Riddick was, like, something that he really, he really pushed to have a sequel done and he had a lot to do with the development of it and someone is like this is just vid diesel's game campaign i mean <laughs> i love all the riddick movies so you know if they want to make more i'm cool with that yeah i yeah. love the riddick movies <laughs> but it's one of those things you hear about it because like the official wizards of the coast twitter account posts about it then gets retweeted by their other properties and it's like oh yeah that's a bummer because apparently like it was very aggressive cancer he'd found out about it recently stepped down as ceo is going for some treatment and then died the next day jesus um yeah. so you know fuck cancer that's that's some serious shit yep yep <clears throat> goodness allergy day yeah it sarah's been suffering too with all like the wet and everything else like that i've been extra sniffly as well i get i didn't put two and two together with the rain yeah the rain always brings out the mold and, yeah um oh so I told Saver this story on the oh, way dear. over here. Let me let me tell you this story. So this is amusing in a you have got to be shitting me kind of way. So recently we we dropped a pile of money um, out of our house repair fund. We got one of our air conditioners completely replaced. Yeah, we had the entire duct system in our house replaced, and we had a guy out today from the same company. Um, because we're on their plan or whatever to do furnace check and to do the furnace check like every winter to make sure mm. it's all good to go before you start using it for the year. And he noticed that um, there's like there's this box. It's like a junction box where all the all the ducts all come together, mm-hmm. and it replaced everything in the ducting system except for this junction box. This is only on one side of the house where the older air conditioner is the one that has not been as recently replaced mm-hmm. and he said that the junction box is falling apart because it's full of mold they didn't replace this no and like part of our impetus to have the ducks replaced was they were like you have mold in there and i'm allergic to mold and there's also a shitload of dust and so we were like we should replace that to improve the air in our house and maybe make our allergies so, better. So did you call him go, what the fuck, guys? Tieran's handling it. He's very pissed. He's like, this is something that they were like, hey, this, if they had said, hey, this needs replaced and it will cost an extra grand at the time, he would have been like, fine. Yes, that sounds like something that absolutely needs to be done. He's like, now I'm going to make them fucking pay for it because this is their fuck up. And they said that, you know, we would be completely satisfied you know with the work and everything like that but now we're concerned because like we have all this brand new ducting and a brand new air conditioner and it's like oh 
air has been passing through this full of mold junction box that's connected to all the ducts. Does that mean that mold spores have gone through our brand new ducting system? And what's funny is they put the fucking UV lamp thing in the junction box that's supposed to kill mold and keep your system mold free. But they opened it up, saw it was full of mold and falling apart, and, and just hooked all the new ducks to it and put the UV lamp in it and closed it up. It's like, what the fuck? What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. So, Tyrion's going to be on their ass about that, and we'll probably have somebody come out. I think he may have said Friday. The, the somebody So, somebody may come out tomorrow to look at that. But, just goddamn, what a fucking oversight. You mm-hmm. know? We were like, new duct system. That should have been all-inclusive. And what's funny is the the box on the other side is new because that whole air conditioner was replaced. But the AC on, on the bedroom side wasn't replaced and it didn't replace that box. But it's like, but you're running all new ducts to it. And you had to open it up to put the light in. You didn't think to mention, hey, this is a major breeding ground? You probably want to yeah. get this done too? And since the whole point was to get rid of all the fucking to make sure we didn't have mold in our system so it's like yeah we're uh tyran's pit i don't really see tyran like a- actually pissed off and annoyed very often oh i when see i see him annoyed frequently but, but pissed no when we're talking politics or mm-hmm. politics comes up he'll get irritated but like no no he's actually pissed about this and rightfully so yeah <laughs> I mean, I would be too. I'd be like, what the fuck, guys? I just paid you a lot of goddamn money. Yeah. And who thought that this was a good idea? So this is our adult conversation. Hey, home ownership. <laughs> hey, look at this. This is Grey Muzzle Weekly. Yep, yep. Hey, let me talk about how I had to wrangle three dogs for a week. No. <laughs> a friend of ours got in a car accident and was traveling with their dogs. So the dogs were okay, if not a bit shook up. So I had... Adam had two other dogs in his space for a week, and that has been a challenge. <laughs> because it's like, with he's Adam... He's an only pup. He's, he's used to getting all the attention. Yeah, and... All the treats. He likes to take his time eating his food, and the other dogs are like, no, you don't. No, mm-hmm. if you don't eat your food, I'm eating your food. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, twice your size, so if you don't want me to eat your food, I will just push you out of the way. And Adam is can bark loudly, but he's not going to, like, tussle with a dog twice his size. Yeah. It's been challenging. Said friend is now home and will be undergoing some physical therapy for a couple months. But Adam is now back to being an only dog. It was interesting having to deal with three dogs as opposed to just Adam. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, that's not... When you add dogs, it's not like a direct, you know increase it's a magnification you're raising dogs to the third power not just three times dogs you are cubing dogs yeah because <laughs> the i mean these are dogs that he knew and had been over many times they've they've known him his whole time with us but, but previously they've gone home yeah but they go <laughs> home they don't like try to sleep on the foot of the bed how how fucking dare you because like Cairo would jump on the foot of the bed and Adam would run him off. And then like he would wedge himself in between us as best he could to be like, no, I'm I'm the one getting the attention. I'm the one that's going to be curled up against you, not this other dog, this interloper. Now, the other dog, she's 
lazy as hell, so she doesn't jump up on the bed. She like, doesn't she, she she doesn't jump up on the couch if she doesn't have to. Isn't she pretty old too? Yeah, they're both pretty old. They think they're both like eight or nine or so. And for little dogs, that's not super old, but like they've both got the the white muzzles oh. and like I think uh, Space has the starts of cataracts. Her eyes are a little hazy looking so like she's very staid and laid back yeah. um but yeah we we had the the challenge mode of three different dogs with three very different personalities who get along but they don't really play and like i think it kind of reinforced the notion that adam is an only dog yeah. one dog's like, good one dog's fine introducing another dog into the lot into the house while while we have an apartment is not great anyway but also just like he's particular yeah. and so like you know for his happiness it's one of those like yeah i'd like to i would totally love to have like a german shepherd but i don't have a house and i don't think adam would like that and no. you know dogs are a lifetime commitment so if you kind of have, have to... two dogs get them at the same time or when they're young yeah and you know mm, not you, necessarily. you can introduce them but, but it's they're not like... like cats i mean dogs when i yeah. had dogs growing up frequently we would have an older dog, and then when they got up in years, we would get a younger dog. And honestly, always two there are, no more, no less. <laughs> and honestly, the younger dog would kind of revitalize the older dog, but yeah. really depends on the older dog's personality too. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it was when I was younger, because we had Clint, and then we had got Princess, and then Clint died of cancer at like age twelve, and then for a while we only had Princess. And then a friend of mine, someone was giving away puppies in the Walmart parking lot, and the puppy looked a bit like Clint, and they brought us a puppy. Surprise, here's another dog. Um, and so, yeah, they, but then again, Princess and Rosie did not get along to the tune of several hundred dollars of vet bills because they got into a big fight one day. Oh, this, shit. And, you, and Rosie was the puppy? Rosie was, a, she was kind of a pit mix, Catahoula mix. She was mm-hmm. muscly little thing. Um, so she was like 40, 45, 50 pounds maybe, and Princess was like 80. She was very large for a female German Shepherd, but Rosie like tore into her paw one day, uh, into Princess's paw, and like had to get stitches, and ugh. Anyways, that was a very expensive like lesson, and sometimes dogs don't get along. Yeah. Um, so Even when they started as puppy with adult. Yeah, and for the rest of their lives, we just made sure to swap them. One was outside, one was inside at the time, so... So something my idiot stepfather did was we we had an only dog for a while. He was fixed. And then he really decided that he wanted to get a second dog, whether my mom wanted him to or not. So he goes out and gets this unfixed male that he was never intending to have fixed and brings him in. And problematic. Like, that's problematic. Like you have a fixed male dog, but it's like it still is his territory. He's had this backyard his whole life you know and then you bring in this dog that has that was aggressive anyway and is is unfixed and it's just like yeah tries to take over and it's like yeah that sounds like a bad time for the older dog thing yeah if you're going to bring in adult dogs ideally you kind of want to let them meet see if they get along you know yeah or if it's going to be like, you know, I don't like you. And that would have been too much work for this jackass. <laughs> at least in this situation, it was dogs that we knew. Um, and they knew each other. Like when I came over, Bo was very excited because I smelled like two dogs he'd never met. 
that was kind of my exciting week. Like prior to that, like I tweeted about like, oh, I'm down to Waxahachie three times in two days. That's kind of messed up. Uh, Cause Saturday, last Saturday was out on the Brazos in uh, Waco, Texas. Yeah, you could talk about this. Yeah, and it's actually really pleasant because this is a nice thing. So my parents went out there in 2019. They didn't do it in 2020 for obvious reasons. And in 2021, they totally wanted to come back. And so, you know, got all their act together. It was everybody. Mom not in the hospital. <laughs> Trailer fixed up. It was all very down to the fucking wire, it felt like. But we got down there, had a very pleasant time. Like, it was... Just, you know, a few hundred people, but like all the rainbow of queers out in central Texas. And honestly, like drag queens and trans people that live in not a major city in Texas are braver than the fucking troops. They gotta be to be out there doing their shit. Because yeah. like, there's a Waco trans group. There's various gay friendly churches. Like there was a lot of youth fam parents with their kids either the kids queer the parents queer either way there's older gay couples younger gay couples you know drag queens it, it was just your usual melange of people it was very pleasant though everybody was nice and they would have a good time they had their masks on they had their money there was a fursuiter um oh, wow. who has attended a fiesta she was very excited to show off her fursuit because someone knew what a fursuit was oh i bet yeah um and it was generally a very nice time like in 2019 there was like two people that showed up weighing signs it was like god loves you don't be gay type bullshit and they were around for like half an hour and fucked off this time nobody bothered to show up so well, it was so nice we killed them all huh, one would hope but it was nice like it was a really pleasant time you know got to spend quality time with the parents at a show with a bunch of gay people and it was very pleasant not quite so it was like fiesta then except outside in waco yeah <laughs> much smaller scale but, you know, they made Similar good sales. Vibe. Lots of people buying tie-dye for fall. And, like, my mom had this tie-dyed pair of bell-bottoms that she'd had for a little bit. And was like, nobody's going to buy these. And then two people wanted them at, like, an hour apart. Like, they'd both seen them. And then one got to buying them faster. And then they were wearing them around the park the rest of the day. Oh, that's cool. That's like, cool. Tie-dye bell-bottoms. Um, <laughs> cool. And the, the person wearing them was contemporaneous to when they were, like, the hip thing, so... Nice. Uh, that was that was fun. It, it was just a very pleasant time, and I'm glad I got to do it. On the way back, I got to a stop by check stop and brought everybody kolaches back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I Which we appreciated. fucking devoured. Oh, they were so good. <laughs> and, like, I tried to go there in the morning, and the line was literally around the store and out the door. And even if yeah. you got there in the morning, what, it sat in the car all day? Well, no. My parents wanted me to bring some for breakfast. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, oh. they wanted me to bring them some for breakfast, and I was totally going to get come back on the way up and get them for, for y'all and for us. Right. But I was trying to get some in the morning for breakfast, and then I was just like, nah. I, nah. The setup time was like ten, and I still ended up getting there around ten thirty because the just the time that took me in west because like the McDonald's was super slow and the drive through was super backed up and it just that whole stop on the way down in the morning was just a yeah. Cluster. Did you say thirty five is a total cluster? Oh God, thirty five is I thirty five is always a nightmare and will yeah. always be a nightmare until the day we die. Yeah, because um, it's thirty five. But like thirty five south of downtown Dallas to twenty is like a two lane clusterfuck, and it's not just two lanes; it's two lanes with the concrete barriers on either side. So like, oh, you have a bus next to you, start praying because it's it it was very harrowing, and like it's bad enough that like you're doing that, but also for me. 
driving to Waco is the furthest I've driven at any point in the last two years almost. Yeah. It was a lot. And so I'm glad I went and did it. But the woo! last time we had a drive that long was probably going to Anthro Expo. Don't yeah. Or, or when we visited our friends up in Norman. Maybe. Yeah, that was that was yeah. the furthest. But you drove. Or did I drive? I don't remember. Either way. Yeah, I honestly don't remember who drove on that trip now. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, like, no, you're right. Because I think I drove. Anyway, anyway it's been a hot minute. You know, I've slept since then. That was like trying to remember fucking names this week. It's just ugh. yeah. Also, all the all of our con trips and stuff start to gel together after a while, and I don't remember who drove or what car we took or what year that was, or what year that was. Or I mean, I told this still twenty twenty. Like back oh, no. in back in twenty ten to twenty eleven, it was FC twenty eleven uh, because the last time I went to MFF was 2010 up in chicago and i was in a restaurant in san jose and i was looking around i was like man chicago always has such neat restaurants and i was like wait a minute i'm in san jose california (laughs) there's quite the difference there yeah and i realized i was just like i just had this moment of fuck i've done too many cons this year yeah but i'm glad i got to go out there I'm glad I got to spend the time with my parents, and it was just very nice and revitalizing, because it's like, oh, right, there are gays. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, the moment you fucking drive out of DFW, you realize you still live in Texas. Yeah. Like, there's still, there's literally anti-vaxxer billboards. God. And, like, dudes running to the right of Abbott, putting up signs on the freeway, like, they're trying to do away with fucking property taxes. And it's like, yeah, they did that in Kansas, and it didn't work out so well for that state. You gotta get the um, money from somewhere. Yeah, and so it's this harsh reminder. It's like we live in our little bubble here in Dallas where we have a bit of sanity. <laughs> yeah. You know, asterisk and some qualifications behind that, but we're still better than yeah. driving down 35 and people seeing post, you know, electronic billboards are like, vaccines kill? Question mark. You know, they can't leave out the punctuation or else it'd be like a violation of some advertising standards, but you can totally add a question mark and you're just jacking off, just asking questions. Anyways, so that was yeah, just one of those reminders. Ah, <laughs> yes, I still live in Texas. Fuck. So on the theme of vaccines, yeah, I got my booster last Friday. Ooh, and so did am, and so did Doxy. Now, I first two rounds. So, so first one, second day, I was tired. It feels like everybody had yanked my batteries out and I was just existing. I was technically alive, but I was just kind of dial-toned all day. The next day, I felt fine. Second shot, because it's Pfizer. I had a brief spell of tiredness the second day, and that was about it. And the first one, like the day of, I had like a headache that was kind of threatening to come on, but it never actually manifested Mm. this time you know i i got joint pains like i got like it was it came in waves it was really weird because i'd get tired and then i'd perk up get tired i perk up i get a headache headache would fade head you know it would come back and then like the joint pains like feel like you know someone was jabbing a spike into my hip and then it would stop and that would be in my shoulder blade you know, and then it would be in like the socket as opposed to like the back shoulder blade. And I would just have these moving pains. And, you know, that was Friday, Saturday, and it was mostly gone, but still around Sunday. Ugh. And Monday, I felt a little, I felt off. Like, I, it's one of those things where you can't quite put your thumb on it, but something's not quite right. Yeah. Now, then we have Siam. Siam got his same time as me. 
and started feeling on the way home. And then for the next three days, because he also had, he took Friday and Monday off. And uh, next three days, including Monday, he was running upwards of 102 fever, aching. Like he stood up at one point and said, the bottom of my feet hurt. (laughs) Aches, pains, headache, no energy at all. And like I said, fever. He looked like somebody hit him by it with a truck. He looked rough. Oh, man. Yeah, when you could look at someone and you could tell... How sick they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was him. And uh, Noxie was very similar to him, but she got hit by, as I said, a sedan and not a semi. So she had a little bit of fever, aches, pains, and it wore off faster. He was still out of it and, you know, recovering on Tuesday, so he took another day. Mm. And uh, he... He's still feeling the dregs of it now. Like, he's got the not-quite-right feeling that I had Monday. Oh, that was a week ago, then, or six days ago. Yeah, like I said, it's just the dregs of, huh, something's a little, still a little fucky. That sucks. And, yeah, and then Syro got his today. So, he's, his arm is killing him. Like, I got a little soreness in my arm, but Siam's arm was killing him, uh, and Oxy's was sore, and already... Tell Sarah to uh, pinwheel yeah. his arm. No, that does actually help. Hey, I was gets, dubious it, initially, but I, I did that for my second shot, and it, it really made the arm pain fade a lot faster for hmm. me. But, so he is on the downhill slope. I'm sure tomorrow will be really fucking fun. Mm. Let me tell you. Because mm. he, had, he had it rough the first two rounds. Oh. And then Vash, he felt nothing either time. So, and I think he's got his next week. Yeah, I didn't really feel much the first two times. A little bit of arm pain. Uh, it's just weird how differently everyone reacts. Mm-hmm. You know, even people that are related will have a totally different reaction. And I wonder if it's like a relative to like how if the real shit hits you. Like, yeah, they say scary. that because that's how your immune system is reacting. So, I mean, previous to getting vaccinated, I was like, if I get COVID, I'm going to fucking die. So I'm taking it really fucking seriously. This mm-hmm. was in 2020 before we had vaccines. And we did major fucking lockdown because I was I don't consider myself a super healthy person because of my weight. And I, I just figured, You're not. yeah, and I, I just figured, you know what, I'll, I'll be fucking dead. I'm, I'm about the same. Yeah, I'm actually surprisingly healthy numbers wise, not in pounds, but as far as like cholesterol level and, and hormones and uh, blood sugar and shit like that. Like all my numbers are actually really pretty decent, um, which is surprising to me i guess but it was very surprising that i was in the same boat minus vitamin d deficiency which is like super common my doctor was like is that from the surgery you think uh it's just more like most people don't get enough sunlight as is Mm -hmm. and And we spent a year indoors yeah like take a multivitamin i've started taking the i take fish oil to help with the cholesterol but i started i did what what you recommended, I got the version of fish oil that's plus vitamin D, mm-hmm. and I'll also take a one a day every day anyway. So I'm I'm getting plenty of D right now, which is great. I'm getting more D than I did when I went to cons. Great muzzle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God damn it, yeah. Everyone should take vitamin D, though, even if you're not a great muzzle yet. So I got a point with this, so bear with me. So... I like coffee, and I drink coffee because I like the taste. I don't drink coffee because it wakes me up. Because 
I've never noticed a feeling of, I, if I drink too much coffee, I'll feel jittery and icky. I don't drink it to wake up. I drink it in the morning because I have to let the caffeine wear off before bedtime. But other than that... I'm about the same. Um, yeah, I think it's the drinking a hot drink in the morning that helps me wake up more than the effect of a caffeine kind of thing. So, a couple of years ago, I noticed, though, that five-hour energies and, to another extent, monsters did way more for me than any uh, coffee ever did. Like, mm. if I, my ass is dragging and, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to get going in the morning, if I took a five-hour... I would, you know, about 15 minutes later, it would feel like my brain would come online and like everything just started clicking a lot faster. I just felt alert and like everything firing. Well, I looked at what's in it. It's like a whole bunch of chemicals and like B vitamins and niacin and all this other stuff. But we kept them on hand because they fucking worked. And again, I drank Monster because, again, it did the same thing. If my ass is dragging, it would actually wake me up. And comparatively, the Monster I drink has about as much caffeine as a large coffee. So I started looking into it, and one of the medications I'm on doesn't let me absorb B vitamins like most people do. And a lot of what's in these energy drinks is a buttload of B vitamins. Oh, so you're get, your body's getting a kind of a kick in B vitamin that it needed. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I mean, and that's the only thing I can think of that's different about these guys versus cup of coffee because it's not the caffeine. Because uh, I've drank coffee off and on for years. Like I said, I, I like coffee. Oh, that stuff you gave me was uh, tasted really good, but I can't just put the pot into Keurig and have it run because I mean, maybe it varies from Keurig to Keurig. Mm. But when it's frozen and I, I popped it in there, and it did the sound like it's baking it. But it didn't work. But it didn't actually, nothing came out because mm. it was too solid. So eventually what I did was I just started warming it in my hand long enough to like loosen it up and then tapping it into the cup of coffee and then just putting plain water, water in there. Yeah. yeah. What I end up doing is I, I've got like a, I put hot water in a cup, plop it in there while I do the rest of my stuff and then... To the listeners, I subscribe to a coffee ser- service called Cof- uh, Cometeer, and it's basically little frozen pods of highly co- uh, concentrated coffee. Um, and it comes frozen, so they brew it and then they flash freeze it. No, we don't get a perk for this. There's no subscribe code. I just like it. Use coupon code for not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I do I, like I, that the little aluminum pods are recyclable. So yeah. That's cool. And uh, so, yeah, it's... So I usually put that in a plug it in a thing of hot water while I, you know, because I drink it iced. Well, I, you know, dissolve some sweetener in water and get everything prepped. I dump it in the, like, little hot water and sweetener slurry and stir it until the, the little tiny chip of ice that's always left behind in unfrozen coffee. Then I just top it up with milk or cream or whatever mm. and then plop in ice. And if it's too thick or, you know, too still too strong... I'll wa- you know, put it like little dribbles of water in it until it's like the right consistency. Because mm. depending on how much water I put in there to like melt the uh, sugar, well, monk fruit in my case, and how much I've added and how long I've let it sit in the pod, sit in the hot water, it can be... I can have more water in the cup sometimes when I add the ice and others. So mm. sometimes I have to compensate. Sometimes I don't. It's all the taste. Your, yeah. your mileage will miles may vary but i've been enjoying it because 
I tend to drink my coffee iced because if I drink my coffee hot, I will go, I will make it, I will take a sip, I will burn my tongue, I will set it down, and then I will forget about it until (laughs) it's room temperature. Right. At which point I drink the whole damn thing at once because I've now forgotten about it and it is lukewarm at best. Um, Yeah. So if I drink it iced... And I got a decent insulated cup. It actually stays cold as opposed to just becoming a watery mess. You know. <laughs> I need to just get Tyrion some ins- an insulated coffee cup. Because he constantly forgets his coffee. And I end up uh, he ends up putting it in a microwave. And then forgetting it in a microwave. And I go to make one of my meals. And I find like a Starbucks cup with, with cold coffee in it. And I, I make my meal and then I nuke his coffee again and for like 45 him. seconds. And I'm like, here, you forgot this. I warmed it up for you. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> yeah, that's his thing. He's very forgetful. He's destroyed two little um, pots making macaroni and cheese because he's one uh, once was just he forgot the water was boiling until it boiled completely away. And a couple of times he's the, the macaroni has just become seared to the bottom of the pot to I, the point where it's unusable. Yeah, I did that I had once a roommate with a destroyed my favorite pot like that. Oh, I did that once with a stainless pot, and it took a lot of soaking, but I did get it clean. Yeah. Um, it just took a while, but this is I was cooking rice and forgot about it. So I had my roommate, uh, I got up one morning, I like, what's that smell? It smells like scorching metal. Go into the kitchen. I, I had a really nice pot, had a nice thick bottom like so it, it was very even it didn't tend to have hot spots and burn yeah and it was glowing cherry red on the hot you know on the coils i'm like shit and it it had been hot so long if you've ever seen that black handled plastic and it gets cooked and it gets kind of that white dusty looking to it because uh-huh. it's so brittle and overcooked so i grab an oven mitt grab the pot which i can feel the heat of the plastic handle through the oven mitt. God, I'm glad Toss you got it to the, use a, a pot holder with that. I could see from how that the stress had gone on the handle. This is, and it was bright red. Like, it wasn't slightly red. The bottom of the pot was cherry fucking red. Wow. Uh, grabbed the pot, stopped it in the sink, turned on the water, and the contraction of the metal when, the, when it hit it contracted and it pop the entire bottom layer that was previously welded on to the bottom of pot off it just went bunk and what had happened is he was a late owl and he you know night owl late night person and he had gone in to make ramen so put on some water to boil forgot about it went to bed still going i get up in the morning and shit (laughs) this is why like ajax has a specific timer that he'll just say Siri, turn on a tea timer, and it'll, it's automatically preset to whatever minutes, so that he doesn't do. That. Yeah, I've I set one up for Noxie for uh, tea. Yeah, I'll show it to. You. I don't want to say everybody's um, the A word. We off. don't we don't want to name her. <laughs> the, the, the Amazon device off. Yeah, uh, just by saying her name, and the first time I did it. Noxie broke down laughing her ass off at me. Well, I mean, what if we told Alexa? 
to donate $50 to the Patreon. <laughs> Maybe she'd listen. So. I feel bad for anyone named that. Yeah. I'm sure they don't pick that home automation device. They probably have to go with like a Apple HomePod or a Google device or something. Well, you could do other wake words for her. Oh, you can? Yeah, Echo. Oh, because you can't change series, I don't think. Yeah, there's like four or five. What I wanted to do is like computer, like you wouldn't Star Trek. Computer. Yeah. It, did you see the meme I say I shared on Facebook a couple weeks back? It was it was something like I changed my my thing to respond to computer. Mm, so yeah. anyway, Kevin, sorry about the photon torpedoes <laughs> yes. in the camper or something. <laughs> There's another one uh, that I wish I could use, and I can't remember. So Larry Niven wrote a book called Integral Trees. Uh, one of my all-time favorite sci-fi novels. What's he, is he Ringworld or Discworld? Or uh, I like think that. he's Ringworld. Yeah. And Integral Trees, and then there's a sequel called Smoke Ring, and it's about a gas torus system around a star. And basically, a bunch of convicts crash land, and there's leftover technology, and, you know, they've got voice-activated, like, little tablets. And then there's a command word, which is something in Russian, if I ever pick up the book, but it basically translates into program. Mm. it's like i always kind of wanted to do that like i wish that it would let you set your own wake word for her instead of just she has like five or six presets or yeah there's like five or six presets but i wish i could do more (laughs) the only thing i could change on siri is there's male and female in like three or four different accents so you can have irish british australian and american i think forget what i've got her set to now i think it's um it might be female british i think Mm. so moving on to uh more worldly topics the workers of the world have decided to wake up or at least the workers in the united states and uh they're getting a bit tired of their particular oppression eh Mm -hmm. yeah so two weeks ago we talked about nabisco last week we talked about Kellogg's, Kellogg's. and now a bunch of other places have been like you know what oh new new strike just dropped (laughs) yep new strike but also just new new unions forming too yep in terms of strike the john deere had ten thousand employees strike john deere the farming manufacturing slash heavy equipment manufacturing Mm -hmm. and whose strike breakers are 650 middle managers who are working the floor and trying to keep things going in some sort of method, who don't know shit about shit when it comes to manufacturing farm machines. That, that, that tweet yeah. of, I guarantee that our strike breakers, because we're not going to break any strike, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, because yeah. they're, well, also, they're not doing this eight hours a day. It's like our our managers at work, not all of them were promoted from the inside. Some of them are outside hires. So they don't know all the systems we are. And even in the case of my current manager was promoted from within, but on a totally different system in a different department. So she's not using the uh, software that I'm using. So it's very common for management to not really know how to do the things that their team are actually doing and that's kind of a difference from like a lower end job like when i worked at mcdonald's back in the day yeah um like managers could step in and do anything we would have district managers that could come in and they could set the standard for this is how you do something like they could actually walk the walk and talk the talk as well as doing all the books and ordering everything else but you start getting out of that and you start getting into management that don't actually know what their workers yeah these dudes are all pencil pushers 
and don't know how to operate the machinery to make the machinery. I remember my one of my managers when my very first job was at Wendy's when I was 17. Um, her name was Jeanette. It's funny, I still remember that. But there was this one night when they're like, you're supposed to have like a crew of six at, th- at that time. And like four people called out on mm-hmm. the same night. So I was working the front register Another employee was working the drive through register, and Jeanette was doing, like, almost everything in between. Like, I would get, like, the drinks and shit like that, but she was doing the grill. We were all dropping fries as often as we could, but she was doing the grill and making most of the sandwiches for both sides. And, like, the dining room is not as busy, but the drive through was just constantly going. So she's just... It's a very small space. Yeah. It's like narrower than, the, than this living mm-hmm. room. And she's just like, do, 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 meat, 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 chicken on the on the grill, turn around, drop a couple baskets of fries. Like, you know, she knew her shit. And when pe- and, and at the end of that night, you know, normally we take, uh, Wendy's takes the leftover burgers that are, are a little too cooked to use for burgers. And they go into like an overnight thing. And that's what she used to make the chili meat. The mm-hmm. next day, but that night she was just like, "Y'all, we had a hell of a night. Take whatever you fucking want." You know, I made myself this fucking huge ass burger, and you yeah. know, I was seventeen, and you know, whatever. So, like, yeah, we were just like fucking eat anything we want, and then clean up just the three of us. You know, which took ages. And like, I was there with her one day at four in the morning. Good God, yeah. And also going on with the John Deere workers, there's now uh, 60,000 film and TV, uh, I-A-T-S-E, screen effects, it's like set crew and lighting and stuff, are also going to go on strike and for TV and film. And Mm -hmm. it's like, wow, there's just a lot of people realizing, you motherfuckers really do need to treat us better. Mm -hmm. You can't ship all of this shit to Mexico. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna film? Where are you gonna film? Yeah, because the TV film strike—that's international. Mm-hmm. That's that's the entire industry in like both yeah. U.S. and in Canada. What I are you gonna not, fucking do? I, I, I was supposed to say one thing. If I were a farmer, I don't think I'd want to buy one of the tractors made by middle management during <laughs> this time. Because <laughs> I mean, like, sure, you'll have warranties and service contracts and shit, but. Those are expensive pieces of equipment. And, and even <laughs> when shit goes down, you have to wait to get them fixed. And then you're stuck in the middle of the field with a broken tractor. And now what the fuck are you yeah. going to do? So, you no, know. I don't want the tractor that's made by middle management. I want the one built by the people that, that do this 40 hours a week and, or whatever. Yeah, and I saw a comment, though, that like the last doing. time this happened, they did the same thing. And it took, like, months to unfuck the machines that the pencil pushers fucked up oh my god so yeah. like they're addition- i imagine if they remember that then hopefully that that means the strike won't be very long and the people will be able to get what they what they're yeah. asking for yeah kellogg's is trying to hire strike breaker scabs and people are trying to discourage that but like the john deere thing the tv thing now yeah, that's that's good like workers need to realize hey mm. we need to be treated better 
Yeah. Um, and on the other front, people unionizing. Like we've talked about that in a positive thing in the past. And now like 30 plus employees of Paizo Publishing, the people that make Pathfinder, mm-hmm. they're trying to unionize their workspace. It's a much smaller company than, say, Wizards is. Mm-hmm. So like they can probably unionize a lot faster and effectively than, say, Wizards or whatever subdivisions. They mentioned apparently there was some tweets earlier in the year or maybe last year talking about the working conditions at Paizo, and I guess nothing had changed in the meantime. Yeah, apparently the CEO is kind of a shit, but I'm not sure about that. But generally, yeah. when, when you have your employees like, yo, we need to unionize, it's because you aren't doing right by as leadership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and furthermore, a workers in Connecticut are voting to what might be the only unionized dollar general in the country. Yeah. I and saw it's that. Like, that's cool. And the last time they did that, though, the company just closed the Dollar General. And Walmart did something similar. There was a Walmart somewhere where the employees of that store formed a union, and Walmart just closed the store rather than yeah. make a deal with the unionized work. And they do that. Like, they're. They're absolute motherfuckers in that regard. Yeah, um, like, how much of a shit must you be to just be like, you know what, we're just going to close this whole fucking store and instead of work to give people better wages or, or better benefits or whatever. It's because if you give it in one place, they'll give it everywhere else. Where That's else? like when Amazon yeah. fucked with the uh, union election in their... Uh, in Bessemer, Alabama. Yeah, because yeah. Amazon was real fucky <laughs> with that. Mm-hmm. Um, like to the point that the uh, labor board was like, no, you need to do another election and not fuck with it this time because Amazon was doing some dirty tricks. Like with that one, they were fucking with like the light timings so that, you know, there wasn't very long when you were leaving so that people couldn't hand out literature without being in traffic. Like they got a post office box installed, which you know, question mark. It's a post office box they installed directly in front of the facility and Mm. who uh who was handling that mail you know Jeez. like it was extremely sketchy and amazon is a terrible company but we all know that and so yeah like it's good to see the workers realizing that yeah actually after this two years of shit like it needs to get better mm-hmm. hell so we went to, went to target today i had to pick up some prescription refills um and panther got some of the little rice things little you know it's like a buck 29 and it's two servings of rice that you nuke for a minute Mm -hmm. it's real simple when we want to be real lazy and in the bag they tossed in a we're hiring for the holidays and i'm like holy fuck do you really oh my god so they start at 15 bucks an hour now good for them wait which store is this target target okay and they're like a mask for every shift like, they provide masks by the store and, like, free access to mental health care and counseling. And I'm like, the last, like, I've worked retail during holidays. Because <laughs> you're going to use this benefit. <laughs> and I have worked retail at Toys R Us. I worked retail at Kohl's, which was far less crazy, yeah. ultimately. I worked all the holidays at Montgomery Ward but when that was around. The fact that it is listed as a perk of working at Target that they can get you counseling after you have to deal with the people who are going feral because their treats are not on the shelf because of supply chain constraints. Yeah. Like, supply chain is going to become a very long litany that we're going to have to hear. And you've got fucking Republicans being like, oh, empty shelf Biden, her. And like, there was this one thing where some idiot was trying to 
post pictures of, oh, this place was, I went to go get donuts for my daughter and the shelves were empty, except they took a photo of a place that had the fucking pound in the prices. And it was (laughs) some like shop in the UK that had empty shelves. Yeah. And which is empty for a whole other reason. Yeah. They're having much bigger supply issues because of Brexit and getting shit in and, they're having fuel shortages over there. And they stuff don't have like drivers that. for their trucks. Yeah, because like last year, all the international drivers, because Britain's an island and they, they can't really grow very much there. But last Christmas, all of these truck drivers spent Christmas on a fucking tarmac or a, run, a runway, I think, somewhere in Britain because it was all backed up. Because they have to do all these additional customs checks because, hey, France is a separate country now. I mean, it always was, but they're not in a union any with them anymore. And, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, I don't think a lot of truck drivers are going to be really willing to make deliveries in and out of Britain this holiday season. Yeah. You know, and they're just like, oh, yeah, you can't get oranges in Britain. They don't grow there. No. Nope. You know, all that shit you, has to you be You only imported. have to eat wild haggis. Yeah. You have to make sure they catch the ones running around the hills. Oh, damn it. I was just going to tell that story. Yeah. So this is a, <laughs> this is a story that uh, the Scots in, in Danoon, where the Navy base was, uh, where I'm from, that they would tell all the all the Yanks that came over that they were going to go out on a haggis hunt and, a haggis, and, and you hunt for this wee animal. And a haggis is this wee animal and one leg is longer than the other because they live around the base of a hill. And they always run around the hills, so one leg's longer than the others, and the, just see how many Americans it could trick into thinking that, that a haggis hunt was a, a real thing. It's like a snipe like a, hunt. Yeah, I was gonna say, it sounds like a snipe hunt. Yeah, this was Scotland's yeah. version. Yeah. But relating back to the can't get shit in the UK, there was this rather comical uh, article <laughs> that was like, "Oh, we can't get our Harry Potter stock in the UK." Oh, that was a different one then. And okay. it was this sad-looking man in front of a mostly empty wand display from this fucking cosplay store. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about illegal sprinkles. Oh, well no, there's that too. Um, but like there's this supposed to be sympathetic article that you can't get Harry Potter bullshit the UK because it's all made in China. And, like, they're having to diversify their bullshit and be like, oh, I guess we're going to have to get into, like, anime or whatever else, other fandom stuff. Because they can't get what's made overseas. Yeah. And, but, like, they, they prey on tourists coming to the UK for the Harry Potter experience. You know, mm-hmm. the racism and the classism and the hatred of the Irish and Don't the Scots transphobia. and the Welsh <laughs> and the Brits. They all hate, you know damn scots they were in scotland except it's the brits it was just oh just no artist. there's there's a lot of people of english people that hear britain and just make it synonymous with england like they don't want to acknowledge the welsh and the scots even though we're all on the same island of britain mm-hmm. and then there's like oh the isle of man those fuckers uh but it's it's interesting because yeah you, these people are having to deal with supply constraints and worker shortages because yeah like they they kicked out all the international drivers and boris johnson's like oh we need five thousand drivers to help save christmas and they were like yeah 27 people applied oh christmas canceled it's crazy because like in britain all a lot of the supply chain issues are directly because of political actions of their current administration yeah but in america they're trying to like blame all this shit on biden and i saw like 
Pete Buttigieg was, uh, Buttigieg was trending on Twitter the other day, and I was like, I wonder why. And it up because he's the Secretary of Transportation, and Republicans are blaming him for supply yeah. chain issues. Well, and I'm like, really, for international supply chain because, issues? Because, yes, he went and jammed the Ever Given sideways. <laughs> And <laughs> caused the pandemic. You know, which, gays can't you know. drive. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the people like, well, what was Joe Biden doing on January 6th? It's the same. What was Obama doing on 9-11? You know, that right. kind of question. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He wasn't even a senator. Yeah, but, like, but he wasn't even a senator this, at, at that time. Because I think someone was like, well, how did Obama vote on the Iraq war? And I was like, he literally didn't. He, I think, he was, was he in college at that point? I don't know. I think he was an Illinois state legislature mm. of some kind um, yeah he stepped up pretty quickly but yeah he wasn't he wasn't there to vote on the iraq war this is just the culmination of supply chain bullshit that started in 2020 because you know we had this little pandemic that's still ongoing and like the ripples it's like a, a traffic jam on the freeway like one person fucks it up for everybody else and then everything has to slow down to go around it or hell even if just a random slowdown because someone runs across the road you have this contracting ribbon of cars that is not easily fixed until the, the it kind of works itself out yeah and so like a lot of this is there's not enough workers because a bunch of dock workers either got sick or died uh there's not enough uh transportation capacity because truckers got sick and or died yeah you know it's like you have these big gaps in the workforce that hasn't been filled and if even all the people that survived a chunk of them have long covid yeah. and, are, and are partially or permanently disabled so like if you were a truck driver and you survived you might not be able to be on the job well and the other so. thing people are also trying to blame biden for the fact that kellogg's and stuff were going on strike and like this was going to disrupt the national supply chain for frosted flakes and tony the tiger's just too hot to let that happen well i'm sorry he's not running for president as far as i know yeah well, what about hunter biden's laptop what about that no yeah he had the a virus on his laptop that could bring down the whole global supply chain yep the other thing that was okay, i shouldn't have said that in real life because someone will fucking make that a conspiracy theory oh don't worry someone already thought of it there is a thing too this this jackass i've not heard of him but i know he now sucks right named molson hart <laughs> excuse me so is he named after a beer uh sure (laughs) i've not had molson but it's probably better than he is i saw that name and i was like that's like when your your fucking kids are are named like john the eighth and gun or something like that's one of those where you see somebody post the image of farquad pointing that says white and you're like there's no denying it right Right. so this guy posted a picture it's like in rural texas we posted a 14 hour part-time cash container unloading job no one showed up now our team of two is unloading thirty-five thousand pounds of brain flakes themselves wild that 14 dollars isn't enough these days pictures are old and plush but it gives you an idea now first of all brain flakes are not in fact a cereal it is in fact some shitty little educational toy that are shaped like snowflakes that all fit together and to you build stuff out of them um, oh i thought it was a typo i thought he was trying to spell brand flakes no, and, like autocorrect got it literally is like it I, is brain flakes okay it's dumb as shit because the, it's the entitlement of it too like one you're in rural texas you're only paying 14 an hour you're offering cash that's under the table so 
you get hurt on the job you go oh this dude's trespassing i don't know him you don't get paid there's no verification that oh i did work eight hours that day you need to pay me eight hours no you work six <clears throat> you know there's lots of fuckery that can happen in cash jobs like that mm-hmm. and you're in rural fucking texas uh people workers have to get there but this dude molson hart he these are four tweets of his I am the C- founder CEO of an educational e-commerce toy company that did 7.4 million in sales in 2020, 14 an hour. And then he posts an article like being a seller on Amazon. And then he then he posts things like relatable. I'm going to be relatable to the plebeians. I know a guy who lives in a three bedroom apartment in Manhattan with his wife and kid. Here's an estimate of their monthly expenses: $18,000 mortgage, 2,000 HOA, 3K property tax. $500 parking, $16,000 for a 24-7 nanny, $5,000 for food and entertainment, and then two k for travel. That's $46,500 a month. And they only make $1.1 million a year. Oh, fuck. And fuck them and fuck him for thinking that's relatable. So on first glance, this looks totally extravagant, but it's not actually. <clears throat> yeah, sure, one can move further out and pay less if you want to live in Manhattan with a kid and to have two working parents. You kind of need a three-bedroom and 24-7 help, right? Of course, one could get out of New York City, too. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Into the wood chipper. And then the 14-hour dollar, 14 things. Like, this person, oh, I only pay $16,000 a, a month for a 24-7 nanny. Well, one, good on the nanny for getting that if it's not being paid through an agency and that they don't see the full of that work, of that cash. But also, it, it is literally the rent, 100, something, something, 50, candles, 3,500. Somebody help me budget. My family is dying. It's literally that drill tweet, but in real fucking life. The thing I love about that was somebody actually replied to him, stop buying so many candles. And he replied, <laughs> no. <laughs> like... You know, these, these rich motherfuckers, like, why why won't you take a pittance for backbreaking labor? 35,000 pounds of bullshit out of a truck? That's a lot of work. I remember I was doing that shit for not much above minimum wage when I worked at Toys R Us during holiday season, but we had a crew of, like, 12. We hired way the fuck up in that, so none of us were having to touch any individual thing. Mm-hmm. But we were also working in a city and not having to, you know... Yeah, the pay sucked in hindsight. Like, it was backbreaking bullshit, and I was paid way less than I should have been for that type of work. But also, I was in a city and living at home. I could tolerate that nonsense. But living in, but working in rural Texas, where you have to commute to go to their distribution center or whatever, fuck off. Like, pay me 25 an hour, or fuck you, at least, you know? Yeah. I remember doing the truck and loading Toys R Us and Nicole's. That shit's not fun. Yeah, I didn't do that when I worked at Wards. I was on the sales floor, but man, I saw I saw those guys unloading that shit all the time, and they fucking hustled. It's a hard job. Yeah, it's it's and it's not, not just getting it off the truck either, because then you've got to stock it in the stock room, or you got to put it on a pat on different pallets. You got to separate it by it department out. and roll it all out to the individual departments so that then the, the retail people can then unpack it and put it on where it needs to go on their shelves and stuff. Yeah, because at least when at Toys R Us, we had the a, like an array of pallets and we had like signs on the floor that we laid down. Like, this is boys, this is girls, this is electronics, this is our zone, this is blah, blah, blah. Right. And like, so you just start piling at the back. Pile them up about six feet high, make sure that they're stable, and then you'd start on the next one, and start on the next one, and start on the next one. Yep. And you had to make sure that, one, that stack was stable, because 
overnight came in and they were the ones that stocked it right. we were just unloading and you would get a real earful if a pile fell over because you stacked it like shit understandable you know totally but 14 bucks an hour like especially <clears throat> here 16 years on at least because that was like 2004 when i was doing that shit yeah i was much younger but nowadays as an adult shit man i wouldn't do that you should have been 14 then yeah at 25 now yeah seriously like, like honestly warehouse workers need to be paid and actually like warehouse workers do get paid that somewhat now but like fight for 15 started 10 years ago so now it really should be five for 25 and so like this yeah. all kind of ties back to the earlier <clears throat> point about workers are striking because they're realizing that they're getting a shit deal while, you know, serial magnet magnates are bathing in the cum of Tony the Tiger and rolling around in a money bin. They're getting shit on. And... As furries, this should piss you off. That yeah. They have access to so much tiger cum. Like they're just draining balls constantly <laughs> and not into you. So... I know about what my dad made uh, per year back in the 90s. And I know about, based on what he made, and I know about what my mom made, I could tell kind of what kind of life it would buy you. Like, I know that, you know, making this amount of money will buy you, you know, kind of a rundown house and you can barely squeak by and all this other stuff. Like, you live, but it wasn't like you had, and there were tight times and there were super tight times. You know, we were, we were not well off. So, I, but I know about how much that money feels like, you know, what we could afford. And I know about what, what I can make feels like now so i actually went and i kind of put in the inflation calculator to see you know how do i stack up you know inflation wise versus my dad back in the 90s and because i know parents always want their kids to do have a better life than them well the good ones yeah yeah well the good ones and you know it's kind of like a metric of am i at least on par with you know kind of where my dad was at back in the day you know because we have a house but we have four working adults to pay for yeah it's not like it's just me and I bought the house by myself. We have four adults contributing a significant amount of our salary to be able to own this. This isn't something I could just do on my own. Yeah. And I, I looked, it's like, yeah, if we, we scaled my wage back to about what my dad made in when I left home, I, I would be doing slightly better than what he did. But that inflation from... 1994 which is when i asked my dad about what he made so i could kind of tell what i would need to make to be able to live to now i went and checked inflation has gone up 180 percent since 94 180 yeah. percent yeah that's in fucking sane like yeah. i saw a tweet today that was like hey 10 years ago this house was a hundred nine thousand dollars and teachers pay was sixty five thousand in 2021, this house is $495,000, and teacher pay is $69,000. Yeah. I was going to mention earlier when we were talking about property taxes, I was like, you know, I don't mind paying property taxes. What I do mind is my property taxes shooting up to $6,000 a year because my house is now worth two and a half times what I paid for mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, one thing to dispel here is that, like, a lot of people are like, oh, we want to buy houses because it means that our payment is stable as opposed to rent where a landlord can just jack it up to whatever they want. But 
our monthly payment went up by like $300 before we refinanced because of the property taxes going up continually. You have to have more and more well, in your escrow account to pay it annually. Yeah, there's that plus house insurance. You know, home, yep, homeowner's you ha- insurance too. Because yeah. you have to be able to basically, if you got a house and you got a mortgage, you have to be able to basically pay off your house with your, should it burn down? You have to be able to basically either pay bank the bank back everything you own and, you know, you want to be able to rebuy a house. So you basically have to cover the repurchase price of your house plus all your shit in it. Well, if your shit in it stays the same, but your that, the estimate of your house goes up double and all the houses around you go up double. So if your house burns down, you have to pay double to buy a new one. That goes up each year. So, yeah, like you said... You yeah, know, the the property taxes go up, the insurance goes up. Yeah, what you're paying the bank doesn't change, but everything else jacks around. Yeah, um, and it, so it's not as stable as what people think about. You know, I'm gonna go, you know, buy a house because it's stable because it's not. Yeah, it's a little more stable than renting, but it, your payment will go up. <laughs> so uh, my payment since I bought the house has gone up six hundred dollars. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Six hundred dollars. And what's funny is like you bought after we did, and your house has still gone up that much to mm-hmm. to account for that. Yeah, right. so you know, buying buying a house and everything uh, everything comes out of your pocket. Like, you know, if you're in an apartment and your AC breaks, you if you've got a decent landlord, they'll come and fix it for you because there are landlords that are shit and don't. Yeah. Um, or if your plumbing breaks or, you know, all that, if that's covered, your, your landlord should take care of it. But if you own the house, guess who's paying for it? Like my garbage disposal is broken right now and my kitchen sink, one side of it is clogged and I've got a plumber coming out tomorrow to fix it. That's not my landlord. I just went and bought another garbage disposal, which was a couple hundred dollars. And I'm probably going to have to pay them a couple hundred dollars to fix the damn sink. Yeah. So that's money coming out of my pocket. There are serious pros and cons to owning a house. Yes, you own it. Yes, it's equity. But you pay for every little thing out of your pocket. And even after you pay off the house, you still have to find the money every year to pay for your taxes and your house insurance. And you'll fix all the shit that breaks. Yep. So, I mean, there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's just gotten so much harder for workers to do that because companies aren't paying shit and prices yeah. are going up, prices the paychecks are, going up. are not. Yeah. yeah. When a hundred and nine thousand dollar house, like you said, goes up to four hundred and ninety five thousand and it's the same fucking house, like oh, yeah. how are ordinary everyday people supposed to be able to buy that house now? Um, I they gotta don't. say, twenty two thousand eight has to be coming again soon. Fucking Zillow mm-hmm. and various those type of companies, like they buy up the houses and they jack it up. And if it's if it gets purchased by an equity place, they turn them into rentals and trying to make sure that even if you are in a house that you are renting to somebody else, um, and like uh, you know, people put five hundred, six hundred dollars over like what the mortgage would be. Yep. On the rent and that's just money going into the landlord's pocket they're you're paying for their house and giving them money on top of that you know perhaps they should all be guillotines in minecraft 
This has been your Sovereign Advocating for Violence in a Video Game of the Week. But yeah, it's it's a real shit situation. And like the housing market here has only gotten worse. And to go with it, I mean, you saw your rental prices jack up this last year when you resigned. Yeah. And that was happening when we left our area too. I mean, rental prices are going up to go along with the... Uh, housing market because if people can't buy houses they live in apartments if people have to live in apartments they can force them to pay more yeah and it just becomes a vicious cycle (laughs) oh my god our the estimate of what our house would rent for on zillow is a thousand dollars more than our mortgage that's insane (laughs) is that mortgage and property taxes like your your payment yeah, yeah, my full payment. It's $1,000 more than what Jesus my full payment would be. fucking Christ. Yeah. So, like, a house off Keller Springs, fucking 2146 square feet, three bed, two and a half bath, 354900 There's a house up near here, Shiva, mm-hmm. that's 371 for fucking 1,600 square feet. And it's on a slope here. So that foundation is fucked. Mm. Like, we've looked at houses up in this area that are on the hillside, no, nah, dude, no. That's like you. I mean, I remember looking at a house before we bought where I swear to God, if you put a marble on the hardwood floor, it would just roll right into a corner because the the foundation was just clearly so jacked. Yeah, my rental estimate is well over a, what my actual payment is. Yeah, yeah. like it's, it's over a thousand. It's, it's twelve hundred more. Yeah. And, like, I'm actually a little afraid that we've just missed the fucking window on getting a house because we finally got around to doing it and that the market's only gotten worse since then. And it's just, like, the prices are just out of fucking control. And, like, then there's these ones that's like, there's this house that's been on the market for a significant period of time. 197 days. That's 365, 2,500 square foot. But it's for sale by owner. And it's been that way for nearly 200 days. And What's I'm like, wrong with it? What? How many murders happen here? How many ghosts will try to chop my head off in my sleep? Are they night? just murdering buyers as they come by to look at it? Yeah, it's it's real fucked up. And like, I I don't even know what the fuck we're going to do when it comes to like house buying anytime soon. It's just, you see the market and it, it cannot fucking hold. But it's still holding. I yeah. just don't know. I do not know. It's been in this skyrocketing prices situation for a quite a while now. It, it was started a little bit before I bought in 2016. Well, it happened like when the pandemic started of all fucking things because people were like, "What?" Oh no, no, the prices were jumping when I bought a house. When I bought a house, it you were fighting with people to get your offer yeah, taken. Partially, that was because Toyota moved their headquarters to Plano, and a lot and about half of their workforce moved out here. And that caused like a big home buying situation. And I think another company did something similar. Was it Xerox? I think it was Xerox. Um, Something like that. And then the pandemic only made things worse because suddenly nobody wanted to sell because why the fuck would you want to move in a pandemic if you didn't have to? So the supply of available houses dried up while people were still trying to buy. And like $340,000 up in the fucking colony for a house built in 1970 goddamn six. Like, that's that's insane to Well, me. this one's 78. Well, don't say that like it was a long time ago, Sarah. Because that well, was the year I was born. <laughs> but for a house, <laughs> yeah. like, you look at this house, and it was built in like an as an ex-urban house in 1976, and they still want, it's $340,000. That's just insane to me. 
Like, yeah. and this is everywhere. Like, even in my parents' neighborhood, they built some new construction in my parents' extremely old neighborhood, like dating back to the 1800s neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And they won a quarter million dollars to live in North Fort Worth, which, uh, not a great neighborhood. It, That's why it's only a quarter bill. Yeah. I, oh, man, just the housing thing and just nobody's getting paid what they're worth. Rich motherfuckers are getting richer. The poor are getting poorer. Everyone's struggling. There is no middle class. We are workers or we are parasites. And this is where I go, ah! And uh, landlords are parasites. Yes. And it's just we with the strikes and the supply constraints, shit could be getting wild in the next few years where, you know, you have the hogs dying of fucking willful unvaccination mm-hmm. and people not able to get their treats you know you have people getting mad that they can't get their two-day amazon packages now and you have people complaining that they can't get fucking donuts and it's like oh we're gonna go have a civil war but then you break down on twitter when you can't go get yourself a bear claw <laughs> you know these people talk so big but it's just like no we're all at the mercy of the fucking market and like even if the like the rich are sucking up all the money and all of us are struggling there are now more billionaires than when the pandemic started and people like elon musk have added like 70 something billion dollars to their supposed wealth while you know people are fucking dropping dead working in their warehouses like it's sick and obscene and like we're gonna start seeing a lot more of this strike stuff this is the kind of stuff that kind of isn't it that preluded like the french revolution yeah, we don't need guillotines this time. Everybody's got got guns. So, yeah, it could be getting real wild the next few years. It's, it's, I Something's got to give. It's not, I don't want to be doomerish, but it feels like we're in this little interregnum of, like, we got the last four years were shit, and we've got this period of time where nothing's getting fucking done because we have some traitors on the Democrat side, and then, you know, you elect someone worse the next time. And, so, you know, who knows what we're going to fucking be in four years. On that point, um, so I don't watch Bill Maher, but I actually watched like a clip of his that was trending. And it was uh, his predictions for what's going to happen in the next six years. And it was fucking terrifying. And I don't think he's wrong. Basically, what he said was, here's what's going to happen. 2022, the Democrats are going to lose Congress because that always happens when... The opposite party has the White House, which that does have some truth to it because Obama immediately lost Congress in 2010, but first midterm after the presidential election. So the Democrats lose Congress in 2022, and apparently there are there's a lot of governor's races right now, and there's there's a lot of people in positions to like oversee elections, and apparently what's been going on is people have been being run out of their jobs by Trumpists. Like here in Texas, there's a lady who was like election supervisor in a county that Trump won very handily, was actually run out of her jobs by people like threatening her life and stuff like that because she worked in an election capacity. And of course, the election was fraudulent. Despite the fact that he won there. So Trumpists are running these people out and they're being replaced by people that are loyal to trump so 2024 rolls around and then um it doesn't matter who has more votes or who has more electoral votes both candidates claim that they won and 
what happens when, you know, they both show up on Inauguration Day <laughs> claiming to have won. And then the real shit happens. Yeah, I mean, and, like, they just, they, they tried really fucking hard. And, and, and this time Trump gets back in power is is what his point was and then it's because the revenge these tour. people have been turned over so that like that famous phone call that trump made to the guy in georgia where he said find eleven thousand more votes and that guy didn't follow through on that even though he's a republican but next time that guy might not be there and someone that regardless of party is loyal to trump is in place instead and they find whatever votes he needs so regardless of what the popular vote count ends up being trump's team successfully turns over enough places that he wins regardless and we get trump back in 2024 and then god knows what happens in 2028 because at that point i hope he dies before 2024 yeah well yeah but then again we have kissinger still so evil yeah around but i'm just like in 2028 you know he's already put the line out there that he should get a do-over of his first term because he got impeached twice and because everyone was so mean to him and the democrats were stopping him from doing things and you know so you know he's already laid the narrative groundwork that they're gonna use to try and get him a third term and it's it's fucking scary looking into the future and it just kind of shows like like holy shit i don't think the democrats in power especially the older ones that still think they can work with republicans realize how bad this is gonna get and people like cinema and mansion are destroying any chance the dems have of holding on to the senate in 2022 not not like to like really bring it down but damn shit's not you pretty. Know, things are not dems are not doing enough fast enough and the and, and a big part of that is the republicans are stopping them and the other part is the dems are not willing to just fucking play hardball and you have dickheads like Mansion and Cinema stopping them. Well, then you have so like the Republican them... narrative in 2022 is you've had two years of Biden and nothing's nothing's changed. So vote Republican. They're going to be like, oh, the Democrats didn't do anything, and that's going to be their narrative, and that's going to sway a lot of people. Yeah, and like it doesn't help that they some of them just literally don't want to do anything and so they let the fucking parliamentarian tell them what they can and cannot do like you have power and you're afraid to use it you want to be on the loser side and so you have to be like oh we're the benighted minority we have to donate and we can send the middle finger to congress like do something you fucking cowards yeah you know and like it's it's so frustrating because it it really raises the old blood pressure because like you see this shit happening and like oh cinema's fucked off to europe Okay, hope someone robs her house. Like, she's she's doing a fundraising tour for some fuck-off thing. And it's just like, there's nothing that we can do short of, like, criminal shit to try to push people in the right direction. And I don't think that would work either. And so it's very frustrating. Like, at this point, you know, it's building local power. It's, uh, you know learning skills and maybe learning to shoot a gun and you know stuff like that and it's not like don't be a fucking prepper but you know you do need to understand that shit's 
not gonna get better anytime soon it doesn't feel like and it's disappointing mm-hmm. like yeah we we all felt a breath of relief when you know finally fucking joe biden got his inauguration and you know we're still dealing with the fact that they're not punishing the big lie at all like they might oh we might refer steve bannon to criminal prosecution for obstruction of justice in the january 6th commission fucking i'll believe it when you have him in the docket and handcuffs in front of you you pussies get it done or shut the fuck up none of this might may do it and the fact that nothing came out of the january 20th bullshit the insurrection the sixth yeah sorry like 120 is inauguration day some motherfuckers are getting like six months in fed like it's this just weak Mm. ass fucking you stormed fucking washington dc you broke into our governmental building you interrupted government this is serious shit and you're getting a slap on the wrist and apparently, the, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but apparently they had this like like big plan for how this was supposed to go. And what derailed it was Nancy Pelosi getting Congress back into session on that day. They didn't think that that, that would happen. They didn't expect Congress to be reconvened on the 6th to certify the election. And because she got everyone back in, and they were there until like one o'clock in the morning or something like that to pick up where they left off, and and that was the only thing that's that stopped their their plan for trying to overturn the election. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like the fact that the uh, now, I disagree were... with how Nancy Pelosi does a lot of shit, but mm-hmm. on the other hand, she also has brass balls and fucking actually does get shit done. Yeah, also it, the fact that they sometimes. got the electoral votes out, like the physical votes, there. that way they couldn't be like, get destroyed. Yeah, and some random staffer, uh, some Senate clerk or somebody, happened to have the foresight to grab the fucking boxes. It was like two people grabbed the boxes with the actual votes and, yeah. ran. and ran. Whoever that was, they're fucking heroes, because you know that they would have set those on fire. And been like, oh, yep. we have to resend slates. Yeah. Like, anyway. Oh, sorry about the doomerism here, guys. It's just frustrating because, like, you know, we were all very hopeful and like, hey, maybe Bernie will get in. No, he didn't get in. Oh, no. Well, Joe Biden won. Yay. Yeah, I was totally on that. Okay, Biden 2020, but this is bullshit. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's and, like, I'm not going to not vote for Biden, you know, um, for the party of less evil, you know, I'll but it's less I'll, evil. I will vote for the party that is more shrug on my existence than the one actively trying to like make my marriage illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's truly the fucking choice I have in a presidential election at this point. Yeah. Someone will outlaw my marriage, and some will, and some will shrug and allow me to continue existing. Yeah, indifference is sometimes better than hatred. Yeah, in this in this case, yeah, but. It's not great. We don't have a left party in in this country. We have an ineffective middle ground. Yeah, we have an ineffective centrist party and a far right party. Yeah. Like it's further right every year. It's it's nuts. Yeah. So as we're now at like 90 minutes and have brought the tone down and everybody's have anything light? busting out the fucking whiskey. Um I do have a story and a short poem. For you. So this is one of those end of watch type websites. 
where they're like, such and such cop died on this day, or just history of cops who died in the line of duty. Mm-hmm. This is Patrolman William Deans, New York City Police Department, New York, end of watch, Saturday, June 24th. 1922. William Deans. Patrolman Deans suffered a fatal heart attack after being kicked in the groin. Patrolman Deans was arresting the man for obstructing traffic when the assault took place. He was able to handcuff the man before collapsing. Patrolman Deans was taken to Flushing Hospital where he died a short while later. And the comment was, if I died from someone kicking me in the balls, I would hope they wouldn't include that in my obituary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was 1920-something. Yeah, because I was like, oh, it's this is funny, haha. Oh, wait, this is actually really old, too. Because like, those sites go back a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, there was a patrolman named Deans who got kicked very hard in the beans. He let out a shout, and his heart gave right out, and we can now read it on all of our screens. <sighs> wow. Poetry. It's beautiful. I mean, honestly, if I got kicked in the balls and died nearly 100 years ago... And people were posting about it to this day. That's, you know, one way to be remembered. Kind of like that one dude who, ancient Sumerian, he was bitching about the grade of copper he got. Yeah. And his ancient complaint letter survives to this day. Mm. So, anyways, uh, what, is there anything else we want to talk about? I mean, hey, here's something nice. Oh, the Final Fantasy XIV media embargo for Endwalker came up. And so now there's a bunch more stuff to see about. And that's cool. And they got all the job action videos. And... The job changes are now public, and you can look at that, and it's exciting. Summoner looks good. I have a thing that people like me are very excited about. Doctor Who finally has a release date Mm. for the next season. It's going to be what they're doing this time. They're doing a six-episode season that is all one story, and they announce the title and the date. It's called Doctor Who Flux, and it's going to premiere on October 31st on Halloween. So now Whovians have something to look forward to. <laughs> so uh, they also showed a very brief trailer of the Doctor talking to the screen and saying that the the Flux are coming and they're bringing with them the Centaurans, the Weeping Angels, and creatures called Ravagers. And that's all we know at this point. We, it's, it's a very short trailer with just the doctor in the foreground talking to the camera and the two companions trying to do something on the console in the background. But now we have something to look forward to there. So yay. So that's that's good. The Whovians rejoice. Also, um, Russell T. Davies, the next showrunner, who was also the previous showrunner, because that happens in Doctor Who. Sometimes you go back and you know meet your former self. Um, anyway, he recently accepted an award for, um, like, it was an LGBT organization and you know he did his his thank you speech uh and in his thank you speech he he used his opportunity of having a microphone and an audience to basically say fuck transphobes which the you know he was because there's this group in britain called the lgb alliance where they they left off the t because they're they're transphobes and they're they're really pushing to separate the T from the rest of the group. And he went on a tear about that in his speech. And like the audience stood up and clapped. Like he basically got a standing ovation. So good. So that's good. You know, and any chance any decent 
celebrity has to stand up and say fuck transphobes is is a good thing yeah and and to kind of undo a bit of the doomerism like just because the the shit looks like it might be getting bad it doesn't mean to stop fighting like don't give in to doomerism don't be like oh well nothing to do guess i'll just you know hey people would not be forming unions and striking if they didn't think there was a chance of shit getting better for them people are still doing their fucking best Every, the future is in flux. We don't know for sure what's going to happen. Doctor Who flux airing October but, 31st. like, you still got to fight. You still got to, like, have each other's backs as best you can. You know, we have to get through this together in our communities and, like, with our, with our own chosen tribe. This means that, you know helping each other out as best you can it's doing little shit like watching your friend's dogs for a few days while they're dealing with medical shit it's you know it's little bits of inter in-group solidarity and helping each other out and like you shouldn't stop doing that because the world looks like it's fucked because like yeah there's some other fuckers in washington that are stopping big things from happening but that doesn't mean you have to stop doing little things around you like conventions are still going to run and raise money for charity food drives are still going to happen break light clinics are still going to happen feeding the homeless is still going to happen like even fucking rural prides in waco are going to happen i was legitimately concerned that there would be like nuts with guns like trying to menace people and that didn't happen that was nice but i was a concern you know like Mm -hmm. people are still out there doing their fucking best and forming those communities like there's like a waco trans group there's all these rural groups that support queer and just otherized people and like that work has to continue regardless of what happens in washington yeah like for all of our despair and anger over the democratic party not having balls and the republicans being literally evil there's still lots of people doing good shit locally if you want to have an impact in the next bit like that doesn't involve throwing a molotov cocktail through someone's house in minecraft it is getting into your local community and finding ways to help if it's in the furry community or just like doing fundraising for the local school you know who fucking knows giving into despair is not going to do anybody any good and for all of our frustrations we all have to realize that if it's going to get better we have to do our part so like take that with you into the next week like don't let us being upset make you sad like it should make you angry that they're not getting shit done but don't let it just tell you that you need to sit down and watch netflix for the next week and eat a pint of ice cream because that's not going to help this point you know this is a war of attrition attrition Mm, it's like yeah you can't just let them you the can't. person who holds out longest is the one that's going to win. And you can't just give up. You have to keep holding the line. And like there's this really cool photo that I think I posted into the one of the chats. And it was this one of the people at the Kellogg's factory striking, holding the strike line in the pouring fucking rain. And it's, it's just this... Omaha, Nebraska? Yeah, it's like it a backlit photo of this dude in a poncho holding his sign in the pouring rain. And it's like, yeah, that dude, they got their priorities in line. They're like, look, we're not going to let a storm keep us from holding Kellogg's into account for treating us like shit. And, like, it's energy like that that's going to carry us forward. It's saying, like, fuck you, I'm not dying just to spite you, you know? So, stay defiant. Like, refuse to give in to the fear. Just keep going, because the alternative is stopping, and that doesn't do anybody any good. No. Then they do win. <sighs> okay but you know for mental health if you do need to netflix and chill with a pint of ice cream you know that's valid too that's valid um like everybody needs to take breaks from time to time but, but then like, you gotta get back up and, and keep going yeah so 
Uh, it's 9 o'clock, but we're at an hour 40, and I'm going to have to edit this because I have a funeral to go to tomorrow. Uh, well, an in Ash's internment. Same fucking diff. Mm. So, anyways, uh, you're welcome to join our Telegram fan chat. The links are always in the show notes. Um, it's nice and chill. There are pictures of dogs. There's furry porn. There's discussions. It's all a whole bunch of everything. It's a nice space that we curate very well. You can also buy some books. Hey, you know, one thing you can do to help the furry community is buy some books. You know, keep the money flowing in the community. Support creatives. Go to furplanet.com to get some physicals and go to baddogbooks.com and buy some digital copies there's lots of new stuff coming yep. like building community blfc is coming mff is coming like uh, in terms of conventions in terms of vaccinations this is probably the best it's gonna get people are more and more people are getting vaccinated and like fucking play it safe you know do the best of your to your comfort level but cons are still gonna happen and so here we fucking go right yep vaccinated uh, lubricated and ready to be penetrated go to a con you know <laughs> uh for planet scottish shitload of books that'll have their con debut this blfc which is what next week yep tyran is driving out there yes you know. we are renting a van it's costing us a about a thousand dollars and we're gonna load the the fuck out of that van we're basically treating this like anthracon level because we're like if we're gonna drop a grand on a van and have him drive out there we're gonna pack it to the fucking gills yeah so come see us at blfc if you're going to the con we are going to be stocked the fuck up. Also, in the uh, in the realm of buying furry books, uh, go to furrywritersguild.com. They have a blog post. Right now, it's, uh, it's Furry Book Month in October, and a bunch of us publishers, not just me, have sales going on and specials going on for that event. Uh, but if you go to furrywritersguild.com, they have a blog post that has links to all the publishers that currently have coupon codes running and it has their their coupon codes and their web links there so you know you don't you don't just have to go to fur planet because i own fur planet you know we have a bunch of publishers in the fandom uh, some of the newer publishers are quite small and could really use the help so you know check that out also and yeah. uh, they're at fur writers guild on twitter and they post and retweet a lot of these specials and announcements and stuff apparently like they also have a podcast now i hadn't heard that yeah okay. i saw someone i follow they tweet they like retweeted a thing about it. i'm like oh okay yeah free writers guild has a podcast now hmm, so maybe they can chill about companies that aren't for planet because it's like oh <laughs> right. shill, shill 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 for planet.com buy some books but uh yeah there are <laughs> other publishers out there it's just that we're you know kind of intimately involved with for planet <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, just a little bit other than that uh geez we have a patreon patreon.com slash south but we do have an email address south at gmail.com you can write an email and be like jesus christ sovereign what is wrong with you you need anchor management <laughs> or whatever send me a high five if you want uh you cannot find me on twitter i prefer to not be noticed do not perceive me um but if you do perceive me i've been posting pictures of cute dogs i i use i boomer post i retweet funny things and i try to uh keep my posts like a old person posting on facebook without the mm -hmm. racism or anti-vax memes because that's stupid yeah you can follow the show on twitter too at south podcast um i occasionally retweet things that i think will interest our followers on there yeah we've so. been using that a little bit more lately uh so you can follow us there that's that's a superior method of following us on social media just the show podcast or the the podcast twitter account because honestly man <laughs> twitter it's real bad 
Mm. Like you, you tell it, no, I don't want to see this. I'm not interested in this. And like, what if we sent you the same thing, but slightly different hashtag? What, you don't want to see Ashley Babbitt? What if we just took the word Babbitt or martyr? What? You know, it's like, what are, what if what if we showed you the same thing like four different ways? Oh, well, you told us no. Well, now we're going to show you everything fucking Minecraft. <laughs> oh, it's god awful. I hate Twitter. It's so bad. I just use it to follow artists. It's really the best way to do it. Mm. Anyways, God, at this point, it's an hour 45 on the raw. We're going to wrap this shit up and we're going to go home because it's been a really long day. So on that note, good night. And big pints of ice cream. <laughs>